When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Brian Billick, and this is The Q Factor. I thought it would be informative to look back at how we got here by way of the primary evaluation and procurement process in the NFL, that is, the NFL draft. Can't think of four better people to talk about this evolution than NFL historian Michael McCambridge and Mel Kuyper Jr., and then two football experts, two Hall of Famers, Ozzie Newsom and Bill Polian. Amazing, Brian. Back in those days, I mean, I remember being up there in Bristol, Connecticut, doing the draft, and we'd get midway through the second round and would leave the draft for a tractor pull. It's still highly difficult to quantify, especially at the most complex, most important position, what's going to make a player successful and what isn't. All of the noise filters in, and now ownership, uh, coaching, other people get involved, and, and you begin to say, gee, may, maybe this is true. Maybe if we want this guy, we need to go up the one to get him. Uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, uh, you know, and you do your work, but at the end of the day, you fall in love with something, something about someone. Uh, you just get infatuated with it, and then you start to not to listen at the, the negative or the doubters because you're just so focused that this is the guy. There's no position in sports more important or challenging to fill than that of an NFL quarterback. We propose to follow a small group of prospects, their skills, stats, and character traits, and track their performance and circumstances to see if we could uncover patterns of what separates great from merely very good to an outright bust, and to determine why this process has failed so often maybe even identifying a formula that translates into identifying quarterback types in fields beyond the football field. This is The Q Factor. Episode 2, How Did We Get Here? Part 1. 
In episode one, we identified the main attributes it takes to be successful at the quarterback position in the NFL. That is the combination of physical, mental, and emotional qualities needed, coupled with going to the right team to develop those attributes. Now, the 18th century philosopher Edwin Burke famously said, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. With that in mind, I thought it would be informative to look back at how we got here by way of the primary evaluation and procurement process in the NFL, that is, the NFL draft. Can't think of four better people to talk about this evolution than NFL historian Michael McCambridge, author of the America's Game, the epic story of how pro football captured a nation. And Mel Kuyper Jr., who I call the godfather of NFL draft coverage, was there in the beginning in 1984 when the draft was first televised. And then two football experts, two Hall of Famers, Ozzie Newsom, Hall of Fame tied in with the Cleveland Browns, who could equally be in the Hall of Fame as a general manager, and Bill Polian. He is in the Hall of Fame as a general manager of the Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers, and Indianapolis Colts. Mike, you have such a great comprehensive knowledge of the history of the NFL. Just how far have we come from when the draft first got started? I think certainly the draft has humble beginnings, but from very early on, it was clear that an environment of competitiveness, which the NFL certainly is, the smarter people were going to devote more and more resources to trying to figure out who the best players were, who the best fits were, and how they could get an edge on their opponents. Um, and even by the, the 50s, which is not long after the draft started, there was a clear dichotomy of teams that did their homework. Teams like the, the Rams and the Browns would show up to the draft with trunks and trunks of information, and there would be teams like George Preston Marshall in Washington that we're still drafting players out of the back of the Street and Smith's college football yearbook from the previous season. And that had this exactly the sort of results you, you would expect. Um, but I think that what we've seen in the past 50 years is no matter how much time you spend, no matter how many resources you spend, no matter how much data analytics you do, and all of those things are important and all of those things are helpful, it's still highly difficult to quantify, especially at the most complex, most important position, what's going to make a player successful and what isn't. And that's the challenge you guys talk about. And I think it's a, it's a worthy challenge to discuss because it's not something that tomorrow or next year or next decade, anybody's going to say, okay, we got it all solved now. We've got it figured out. Mel, you've been there from the beginning, back in the mid-80s when ESPN proposed to then-Commissioner Roselle about televising this draft. Roselle reluctantly agreed, but said, but I don't know who's going to watch it. And, and boy, has it changed. This has truly evolved to one of the major sporting events of the year to the point where the draft will outdraw at the same time NBA and NHL playoff games. It's been 
pretty amazing, Brian. Back in those days, I mean, I remember being up there in Bristol, Connecticut, doing the draft, and we'd get midway through the second round and would leave the draft for a tractor pull. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty to see now what Nashville did, what Philadelphia and Dallas and all over have been able to do with the draft. It's been pretty amazing to see, you know, you know how it was viewed then and obviously the interest now. Uh, people said, you know, who's going to watch? Who's interested in draft reports when I first put them out? Who's ever going to care about who's coming into the draft? So you kind of go against conventional wisdom. You went against what everybody thought, and you did what you had to do. And I think ESPN did a phenomenal job early early on basically garnering that audience by putting you know a, a production together with all the highlight packages and all the things they did around the draft to kind of tie all those NFL fans in with these college kids who they, a lot of people hadn't seen before. So I think it's been a, a case where I had to say, what, who in late April – wouldn't want to see college football and the NFL all come together for now three days when you haven't had football since the Super Bowl and you're in late April. It'll get, get, get you really uh, juiced up for the start of the season. In conjunction with this now interest in the NFL draft came the next evolution of the scouting process, uh, now known as the NFL Scouting Combine, which is the week-long showcase in late February of the top 350 football players in the country. Uh, Tech Schramm, the legendary and Hall of Fame president and general manager of the Dallas Cowboys, proposed to the NFL Competition Committee uh, to centralize the evaluation process for NFL teams. Prior to 1982, teams had to schedule individual visits with players and run them through drills and tests, and it was very inefficient. Uh, a number of different testing groups kind of came together. But in 1985, to, to cut cost and to centralize the process, they brought together what is now called the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, they merged these camps together, and now it is an absolute staple of the evaluation process. Uh, via that, Mike, the Cowboys were really, early in the 60s, were the ones that really kind of took us into that next age of evaluation. Probably. And I think even then there were differences. You know, the, the Cowboys went in originally, um, the first scouting combine per se was, was Troika with the, uh, with the 49ers and the Rams, because they were all putting, they were all investing in, in getting time on this mainframe computer. And one of the things that was proprietary, even then, um, all three teams were getting the same data, but they were weighting different elements of that data in different ways. So the Cowboys might put more of an emphasis on a player's speed, whereas another team might put more of an emphasis on a player's size or how many games he'd played. So even then, in the early days, with the same amount of information, teams were weighing it differently. And obviously where the Cowboys got ahead is they eventually got deeper into computer scouting than other teams did, and they got much more sophisticated about it. Um, by 1970... Tom Landry had taken one of his assistant coaches, Ermel Allen, and put him in charge of research and development, scouting other teams, but also um, doing regression analysis on, on drafts and, and some of the things that Gill had started exploring. And as you well know, there were, there were not a lot of teams in the NFL that were at that level of, of granular detail about scouting of players, but success follows success. And pretty soon, by sometime in the 70s, everybody realized, hey, we need our own computer as well. Mel, the, the way that the coverage changed uh, kind of drugged the coaches into the technological age in the next century because, because it became so uh, much of an interest to everybody. There was no hiding out players anymore. 
Everybody was aware of everybody. Uh, famously, Gil Brandt in the early 60s got Cornell Green out of tiny Utah State University in Logan, Utah. He was a basketball player. No one else really knew about Cornell Green. He went on to be a phenomenal player for the Dallas Cowboys. But because of this combination of the enhanced training methods and identification process via the combine, the coverage that brought, you you had to evolve, didn't you, uh, in terms of how you technically looked at these players and how many you had to be aware of, didn't you? That's a great question. I had a big satellite dish on that row house in Ramblewood Road in Baltimore City back in 19, it was in the early 80s, and, and trying to do it that way, and, 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 and when nobody else really was able to see some of the guys and, and getting tapes from the school, that big satellite dish really helped and allowed me to watch college players I wouldn't have been able to see. I would have had to go to the schools, and, and you always did that, but I had that big satellite dish was a huge, huge boost to me and what I was able to accomplish, and, and then throughout the years, it made it a little easier now with computers and technology and be able to watch kids, and that's what you've always done, trying to watch every kid at least three, four games a year, talk to the schools, talk to the coach, talk to as many people as you can as well to get their, uh, their feelings about that player. But it's really, it, the whole process, Brian, has changed when you had you know, traditional uh, ways of looking at certain positions have kind of changed with the evolution of the game and the way the game has changed. You kind of had to adjust to the times, Brian. You couldn't evaluate players now like you did back in the, in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s. Everything has changed. And you have to adapt to that or you're going to make a lot of mistakes in terms of your player evaluation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's important to look at the media hype that has grown out of the combine in the draft as it pertains to the interaction or the effect that it has on the process itself. In science, they call it quantum entanglement, where the sheer measurement of something changes the properties of certain elements. 
And as Bill Polian tells us, the it has a warping effect on the actual draft process itself. That is what I like to call the uh, inflation factor. Uh, and, and it's really driven after the uh, December grades are in. Uh, you know, you've got these December grades. They're there. Everybody's looking at them. And now, uh, all of a sudden, uh, people who, who are not football people become involved. The media industrial complex, the draft industrial complex, goes into high gear, uh, uh, you know, spurred on by the agents and, and, and the combine, which, in my opinion, is hardly worth anything anymore, uh, and certainly not in judging quarterbacks. Um, so all of this takes place, and, and, and people – quote, rise and fall, close quote, on draft boards, which you and I know isn't true. Uh, but it, it, it's reported out there, and these things take on a life of their own. And, and and now all of a sudden, Mitchell Trubisky becomes a hot property. When when if, And this is not to knock the young man. I hope he succeeds, and I'm happy that he, that he did well on Sunday. But all you had to do was look at the Sun Bowl film. You didn't have to go much beyond that, his last bowl game, and say this is not the first pick in the draft. But all of the noise filters in, and now ownership, uh, coaching, other people get involved, and, and you begin to say, gee, maybe this is true. Maybe if we want this guy, we need to go up to one to get him. And no one knows it whether it's true or not and it's very hard to stick by your guns when every day you you, you turn on the television set or the radio and all you hear is Mitchell Pritzky is rocketing up draft boards and 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 oh why by the way uh that kid down there in Houston he's 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 not uh, the Clemson kid he's not very good he's a product of the system he's an athletic quarterback uh, he can't. He can't. ACC is a weak conference. He can't really play. Mitchell Trubisky is the guy who's on the on the on the rise. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic here, but right. the fact of the matter yeah. is, that's what happens. You were at NFL Network. I was at ESPN. We were we were watching. It was like watching a car wreck. <laughs> One of the other byproducts of this absolute explosion in interest and in technology in following the draft is you can't hide out players anymore. And by that, I mean in the old days, you used to be able to isolate maybe a small college player someplace, or maybe he was playing out of position that not a lot of people knew about, but that you knew about and could hide out and, and wait and get him at a very good price. I used in the earlier podcast an example of, of Gil Brandt hiding out Cornell Green at Utah State University. He was a basketball player, never even played football in college. Uh, went undrafted, and, and Gil Brandt had known that this is a guy he wanted to target. I ended up signing him and, and having a heck of an NFL career. So, uh, Ozzy, Bill, it, it's hard, harder to hold out and, and hide those little gems, isn't it? That, that, that is true. Uh, you know, with, like you said, with the Internet, it's just it's so much information that's out there. And even if you got your one secret source, then he's probably a secret source for someone else, too. You know, so uh, that's, you know, if he's telling you, he's probably telling someone else the same information. But there, there, is, there is a ton of information. And what you have to do is to sort through it. And to make sure you can continue to define 
you know, within that information, what do you need, you know, to get a proper evaluation for you to be able to, you know, assess the player and say, you know, this guy can be a Raven. Oh, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Our, our term in Indianapolis was putting a guy in a drawer, you know, and I, I think the last guy we put in the drawer was, it was about 14 years ago. You know, everybody knows everything, and and it's it's just so hard to, you know, when you come up with a with a player. Pierre Garcon was the player I was thinking about. You come up with a player that that you think you've got to beat on that nobody else will find somewhere somehow along the line. Usually from his agent, the information becomes public, yeah, right. and and you know it's out there, and there you are. You 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 better decide when you want to take him. So, Bill, clearly the, the physical, mechanical process of evaluating players has changed a great deal. Yeah, it's, it's changed incredibly. Um, number one, there's far more film available. Number two, there are far more uh, resources to measure intellect, uh, personality, uh, pressurized performance. All of those things have been are now measurable. Uh, to one degree or another via testing or interviewing. Um, and, and then finally, uh, we, we've got so much more in the way of um, mechanical development of quarterbacks going all the way back to uh, almost grade school, you know, with seven on seven, that it's it's just a completely different animal. And that that's not including all of the public scrutiny and information that's out there, much of which is hot air, but nonetheless, it's out there. Uh, right. When I think back to the old days, I mean, we, we, we drafted in a, in, in a vacuum with, uh, with hardly anybody looking. So, Ozzy, even though the, the technical aspect and the amount of information and the way we process it and the analytics and the, the uh, absolute overwhelming amount of information we now have on players, still at the end of the day, no matter how you process that, no matter how much of it there is, it still comes back to your basic abilities to look at and evaluate players, doesn't it? Uh, and in doing so, then is it not indeed, as Bill has talked about, ends up getting warped a little bit because of all the outside influences and information? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about getting as much information you can from your sources, watching the tapes, uh, analytics have came into the game and uh, what they do, they can, you know, can verify something that you've seen or could raise questions. Uh, analytics does that, but it, it still coming, comes down to your ability to uh, watch the tape, gather as much information as you can and uh, not to be afraid to pull the trigger. Uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, you know, and you do your work, but at the end of the day, you fall in love with something, something about someone. Uh, you just get infatuated with it, and then you start to not to listen at the, the negative or the doubters because you're just so focused that this is the guy, you know, and and you start to just eliminate or you start to poke holes at all of the other guys to make sure your guys look your guy looks good. So here we have a process that clearly has multiple elements working all at once in a landscape where even the sheer definition of what we think the quarterback position is about is constantly changing. And now we layer on top of it 
this avalanche of information that's now available to the public and an interest in the process that seems insatiable. It used to be easier when the clubs could work in relative obscurity, but this was before the NFL discovered what Cirque du Soleil, Wall Street, and even NASA learned long ago. Spectacle is good entertainment and even better business. Put all the elements together and the show is even better. Sight, sound, lighting, wizardry. Now treat stock market IPOs, space shots, and the NFL draft like Las Vegas extravaganzas. At the draft, borrowing from NASA, the players slash astronauts are in one place, the draft brain trust slash Houston Control Center are in another, and the ceremony slash liftoff is still in another. It's all about the show. In the next episode of The Q Factor, we will look at real situations that have been affected by this process, including our 2018 quarterback draft class, to see how all these elements come together to create the 50-50 roll of the dice atmosphere in hopes of selecting a franchise quarterback. The Q Factor and The Q Factor audiobook are available online and wherever books are sold. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.